Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He was dedicated. Uh, what he lacked for in skill, he made up for in passion. He dedicated three years of his life to training and learning. He devoured lesson after lesson. And out of the whole group of those learners, uh, he was the one who had the most promise and the most potential. And after three years, he was ready. And finally, the time came for his test. And when it arrived, he blew it. If he was a field goal kicker, it was wide right. If he was a baseball player, it was three pitches, three strikes in the bottom of the ninth. If he was a basketball player, he clanked two free throws off the rim with one minute left in the game. If he was a golfer, he sliced it in the rough. It's none of those. It's Peter. Peter spent three years sitting at the feet of the best teacher and mentor who ever lived. And then, when the time of testing came, Peter failed miserably. Miserably. Remember when you were in elementary school and if you, had, like, you did a bad job on a test? Sometimes you got the do-over, right? Peter fails the test and fails both do-overs. All of them. It's not the first test was hard. The first person to ask Peter if he is a follower of Jesus is a servant girl. In fact, the, the text, the Greek, is a little bit more precise. It says slave girl. In other words, the person who challenges Peter is the lowliest, most non-intimidating person you could possibly imagine. And he still cannot get the, the guts, the courage to say, yes, yes I am. He couldn't do it. And it gets worse. See, at the same time Peter is uh, being questioned by a servant girl, and Jesus is being interrogated by the entire leadership team. And in front of them, the Sanhedrin, they hurled accusation after accusation in an attempt to get Jesus to incriminate himself. And he won't do it can't do it. The Gospel of Matthew is a little bit more uh, direct. Uh, it says this, that Caiaphas, the high priest, he asks Jesus, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus answered, yes, it is as you say. But I say to all of you, in the future, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And at that point, all hell broke loose. And I mean that, literally. All hell broke loose on Jesus as the people began to hit him and spit on him and sentence him to death. So, while Peter is out in the courtyard denying that he doesn't even know Jesus, Jesus is there uh, in front of the people confessing who he is and then dying for it. And it's easy to sit back and say, Peter, golly, Peter. Three years. You had three years. This was the test. This was the moment that was what you've been training for. If you can't do this, what are you doing? 
Peter was the first one when Jesus said to his disciples, who do people say that I am? It was Peter who said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He said it before, but he couldn't say it to a little girl. He failed. He couldn't confess and acknowledge that Jesus was the one he was following and even worshiping. And the sad truth is we do this every day. Every day there are times in our lives when people look at us, they look at our, they hear our words, and they see our actions, and they think, how could you possibly be a follower of Jesus? It's those times when you're in the neighborhood, you know, and, and you're talking to your next door neighbors, and you're like, man, that guy across the street is such a jerk. And, you're like, and you've got, it's so easy just to join right in and say, yeah, you know, he is. That guy's an just join right on in and just pile on in with the gossip. And if someone were to walk up at that point and say, are you a follower of Jesus? You'd be like, Ugh. And with our words we say, I don't even know the man. It happens all the time in homes, in our families. You have that opportunity to, to, to forgive and you're like, forget it. You have that opportunity to turn the other cheek and you're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm striking back. It happens each and every day. Those times are lives. So if you were to freeze that frame and someone to ask you, do you know Jesus? And your words and your actions communicate, I don't even know the man. Jesus is patient. He's patient with Peter. He's patient with those people who accused him and beat him and struck him and crucified him. He's so patient that while on the cross, Jesus says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus is patient. He forgives us for those times when our faith is just lacking. It's a great occasion in Mark chapter 9 where a man brings his son to Jesus to be healed. And he says to Jesus, if you can heal him, take, take pity on us. And Jesus has this great line. He says, if, if, don't you know who you're talking to? He doesn't say it like that. But that's, the, that's the, kind of the premise. And Jesus says, anything is possible for those who believe. And the man has the most truthful line ever said. He says this, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Isn't that great? I do believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus says, all right. And he heals the little boy. There are those times in our lives where we say, Lord God, Help my unbelief. And he restores us. John also records how Jesus reinstates Peter. It's after the resurrection, and Jesus and Peter are by themselves by the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus asks Peter this, the all-important question. He says, Simon Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, yeah, Lord, you, you know I love you. 
And then Jesus, a little bit later, asks Peter again. He says, Simon Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yeah, yeah, Lord. I, you know that I love you. And Jesus is walking back Peter's denials. Because a third time he says, Simon Peter, do you love me? And I think by the third time, Peter has finally got it. And he says, yeah, Lord. You know that I love you. And Jesus says to Peter, feed my sheep. He reinstates Peter. And in essence, that what, that's what every worship service is about. We, we gather together with all the, the past week upon us, uh, the joys, the successes, and, and the failures and the sins. And we bring those in together with us in worship. And we start out that worship and we start with confession and say, Lord Jesus, there were times this past week where I denied your name, your name that you placed on me in baptism. I denied it, Lord God. And Jesus says, I forgive you. And reassures us of that forgiveness with this Lord's Supper and says, yeah, I really do forgive you. You really are mine. And God speaks to us through his word, uh, through the readings, the message, and the songs, the music, and says, sends you back out, and you are reinstated. You are renewed, rechristened, if you will, to a world that's dying without Jesus. Simon, son of Peter, do you love me? God sends Peter back out, and he sends you back out. You know the difference between Judas and Peter? You know the difference? They both denied their Lord. They both abandoned him at his hour of greatest need. You know the difference between Peter and Judas? There's one main difference. And it makes all the difference. Peter repented. Peter repented. Peter goes back to Jesus. And Jesus, out of his incredible mercy and love, forgives him. Judas never goes back. I would have, I would have loved to have seen that time if, if Judas had just said, I, I blew it. I had no idea what I was doing. I've learned, Jesus, will you forgive me? Gave him on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And there's a world of people out there who, who don't know God's incredible grace and mercy. They're either like Judas and, and they just turn their back, or they're like the crowd and just have no idea. In worship, God Himself forgives, renews, and reinstates you for a life of purpose, a life of mission, a life of each and every day, your words and actions. If someone were to frame that moment in your life, someone can look at it and say, yeah, that person does know Jesus. So it's times of standing up for those who are being aligned in your neighborhood or at work. 
It's a time of, of sacrifice. Uh, for those who need a little extra. It's a time of, of looking out for the struggling. And a time of lifting up the downtrodden. You freeze those moments. You say, okay, I think there's a person who's following Jesus. God's patient. He's merciful. He invites you to follow. And if you ever have that time in your life, and I pray you do, where someone says, there's something different about you, why is that? You can say, well, I, I follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen? May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray.